ML Nation, episode 624. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. If you love this show, you're going to love my daily pep talk. It's free for everyone. It's a quick two, three-minute motivation every single day at 8.25 a.m. to get you going. You can catch it live. You can catch it recorded on my Instagram channel or on my Simon Chan. It's free for everyone. Hey, I'm here to motivate you and pump you up, and I look forward to seeing you on my daily pep talk. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, we have Gary Stern. Hey, Gary, are you ready to make it happen? Heck yeah. What's up, Simon? Thanks for having me on, brother. Gary Stern was a physical therapist who took care of professional athletes. He was also a pharmaceutical rep with over 13 years experience before he got started in network marketing nine years ago. Today, he's a six-figure earner, has a team of over 3,300 distributors, 15,000 customers in 15 countries. Gary has been married, also been married for 20 years, has a son, and loves to go surfing, cycling, and travel. He is a five-time state cycling champion in Florida. So, Gary, welcome to ML Nation. Why don't you share a little bit about your brief intro about how your background and how did you get started in network marketing? Yeah, awesome. Simon, again, thanks for having me on. And, um, you know, you, got, you gave a little bit of my background, right, what I did professionally. I was a physical therapist, loved what I did, took care of professional athletes, Unfortunately, my mom and dad both got diagnosed with cancer right around the same time. And I moved back home. My dad was in New Jersey. He passed on. I moved home to Florida to take care of my mom and was looking for something that would give me more time, right? But unfortunately, I'd already said yes to the, uh, no to this profession multiple times. I said no to network marketing 28 separate times prior to finally saying yes. So my next step was to go into pharmaceutical sales. I did that for about 13 years, loved the financial side of it, but really was unfulfilled. Uh, at the end of the day, I wanted to get back to my roots of health and wellness and fitness. And, you know, my cycling coach, Simon, reached out to me. His name's also Simon. And he said, Gary, there's something you need to check out. I think it'll help with your recovery. I think it'll help you, you know, sleep better, recover better. And I was almost 40 years old, still racing bicycles against 20-year-old Simon. So... When he said that to me, I was like, I'll take a look at it. Why not? And then when I realized it was, quote, one of those things, I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to take the product, and I'm going to tell my entire family about it. The science was phenomenal. I mean, I, I knew right away I was going to put my entire family and friends on it. But I'm not doing that business. I'm not going to do that silly business. And the crazy thing was, he said, that is the business. If you're taking the products and you're sharing them with other people, that is a business. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it, but I'm never going to build it big. And two years later, I was uh, eating those words as I was saying sayonara to my job and uh, going full time. So that's that's how I got my start. Said no 28 times. Finally, somebody else took a shot on me, and I'm so grateful he did. Why did you say no 28 times? Where did the negative perception from that marketing come from? You know, it was a preconceived notion, I think, Simon. You know, I, I'll be blind. I kind of thought it was for people that couldn't, quote, get a real job, right? I'm like, well, I'm good. I went to college. I graduated with honors. I've worked with professional athletes. I've worked with a $44 billion a year pharmaceutical company. 
in a way, I thought it was below me. In another way, I thought it was kind of hokey. Like, you're just trying to get your friends and family into something. What I've learned is it's actually the most brilliant way of doing business. You see, I also own a bicycle shop. So I've been an employee, an employer, and a network marketer. And I got to tell you, the network marketing just makes sense. Once I opened my mind to it and really delved into it, and saw what it was, what it was really all about, and got my questions answered. I think that's what it was. Is I was very closed-minded, unfortunately. And as I opened my mind and got those questions answered, th- the sky was the limit. So what happened? Because you once you started, you still were closed-minded. Because you just say, "I'm going to shake in my family in there." What was the thing that opened your mind? Did you go to an event, or what? What happened? Um, yes and yes. One, I I was put onto a, a third party validation. Right, I was put on a three way call. And it was with uh, another big leader in the uh, in the network marketing profession, Brandon Cunningham. And Brandon and I had a long conversation that day, and he talked to me from a business standpoint. Right? See, the product made sense to me already, Simon. I came from a, uh, a health and fitness background, so it just made sense to me. What didn't make sense was the business model. So I got my questions answered, and he encouraged me there to get to an event. And I went to our first ever global convention three weeks later. There, my mind was blown. I thought it was this little thing, you know, man, I can't say it. The ladies on here all hate me, but I thought it was just like ladies rubbing makeup on each other's faces and nobody really made any money, right? I mean, hey, ladies, don't hate me for that. I was raised by a single mom. I don't mean it. That was my my poor little brain, my little closed-minded brain. What I saw at this event was every type of person walking across the stage having success and an event that was as big as the pharmaceutical events that I had been to in my life. So it opened my mind to maybe this little thing was a little bit bigger than everybody had it out to be. And, and so, yeah, it was those two things, that phone call and that event that opened my mind to saying, not only saying yes, but actually participating and, and, and taking action. So once you started, uh, once you went to that event, how did you do? I came back from the, so going into the event, I had enrolled a few customers. Coming out of the event, I enrolled my very first distributor. And literally, so that was, uh, I enrolled in March of 2011. That was in April of 2011. And by that year in October, I had enrolled three leaders that to this day make up 70% of my business. So three leaders within that first six months after attending the event. You just came out of it on fire. Hmm. That's, that's really incredible. What, what made you, um, looking back, how did you enroll those three leaders? Because a lot of people, they enroll people, but they quit. And what, what do you think uh, got you to get leaders so quickly? I think part of it, and, and by the way, two out of those three have quit. But what they've led to is, to, is, is was the duplication, was the taprooting strategies that I employed that I didn't even realize that they had a name. But I think what led me to it was I came from a position of influence, right? I mean, I called on pharmaceutical uh, physicians in town. I had a, a, an influential list of people to reach out to. And I wasn't afraid to reach out to my, quote, chicken list that a lot of people are. So because I reached out to people of influence, they led me to others of influence. And I believe that's why it took off so quickly. Because we went through those layers of duplication, and I wasn't afraid to travel. I wasn't afraid to go get in their living rooms, to go get on the phone with them, to go get into video conferences with them. Whatever I needed to do, I did. And it quickly allowed me to build trust down deep 
four, five, six levels. So that, like I said, two out of those three are not active to this day, Simon. They're not active, mm. but their groups are still growing. That's awesome. So we all know the fortunes in the chicken list. There's always people who are smarter, more networked than you. Um, what tips can you share with people who are scared? I mean, they talk to their friends and family, the negative neighbor, but they're always scared to talk to the boss, someone who's successful. What tips can you share about chicken list? Man, here's one of the best ones I ever got. Um, and and uh, it comes actually from Eric Worry at GoPro. It was a super indirect approach. It was like going into these people like, look, I'll take, for instance, there's a guy that owns several um, Five Guys franchises here in town, like in Central Florida. And I went up to him and I said, hey, look, Les, you've been profoundly successful in everything that you've done, right? And I admire that. Man, it's not only because of, of the intelligence, but it's your work ethic. It's everything combined. So there was a lot of true, genuine compliments up front, followed by I know this may or may not be for you. In fact, it's probably not going to be for you. But who do you know that would like to improve their health, that would like to make more money? And I explained a little bit of, you know, our pitch. I'm going to keep it generic here because we're generic, right? We're not going to mention names and stuff. But I kind of, I said, you know, I know if you were going to refer somebody to me, you would want to know a little bit more about it. May I share that with you? And as I did that with a few of these people on my chicken list, of course, they go, well, what about me? Like, why wouldn't I want to improve my health? Why wouldn't I want to improve my financial situation? I'm like, but you make tons of money already. You're already profoundly successful. But successful people, they're there for a reason because they keep their options open and they want to not just continue to make tons of money, but bless the lives of others. They saw it as a way for them to be able to share people within their network who didn't have the same opportunities that they had necessarily. So that would be my advice is kind of take that super indirect approach. It's not like you're directly trying to enroll them. You're just trying to say, hey, who do you know? And before you're going to refer somebody to me, I know you're going to want to know more about it. You're not just going to refer them blindly. May I share that with you? That is awesome. Really good stuff there. This is my favorite question. In your nine years in network marketing, what was your worst, worst moment in network marketing? To the point that you maybe you, you may even have second thoughts about why did I do this? But you didn't quit, and that's why you're the leader you are today. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's easy question, man. Quitting my job too early. Mm-hmm. So, like I told you, I I jumped into this thing within two years, having profound success. Never went backwards a month, right? Never went. Not only never went backwards in rank, never went backwards in volume a month. It just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Fifteen months, eighteen months. We're two years down the road. Well, twenty months down the road. And it was at that point, it was on October 2nd, 2012, I just said, I'm out. I'm done. I, I, I cannot continue going to this blood-sucking job every day. I was miserable about it. I thought that I had replaced my income. And then the next year to year and a half were some of the most difficult days of my life because I was more desperate then, right? I was desperate because I hadn't replaced my income yet. And I thought the next rank was right around the corner. It had been coming easy up to that point, but the next rank didn't come easy. It didn't come instantaneously. It didn't come on the same cadence. In fact, it took a lot longer than I expected. And so the lesson I learned out of that, I want to quote the late, great, uh, the late, great Jim Rohn that everybody else quotes, right? You need to work full time on your job 
while you're working part-time on your fortune. Work full-time on your job while you're working part-time on your fortune. It was easier to recruit people when I was part-time than full-time because when I went full-time, everybody else think they thought they had to do the same thing. And early on, the vast majority of people that are going to join you in your journey, to those of you that are watching and listening to this, the vast majority are going to do it on a part-time basis. Not on a no-time basis, but on a part-time basis. Three, five, ten hours a week, right? And so realize that and hang on to that job a little longer. Don't just leave when you're getting close to replacing your salary. Replace your salary. In fact, I've heard people say double it and then quit if indeed you need to get out of whatever it is that you're doing. So that's great advice. Yeah, I always talk about the uh, three big mistakes that people make. Mistake number one is they quit right away. Number two is they stop recruiting. And number three is they go full-time too early. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, if you're making 2000 3000 a month, you're like a superhero making a part-time. But making two, $3,000 a month in living in the U.S., uh, you're hurting. Full time. Full time. Yeah. yeah, you're hurting. You don't have a great story. Coming from a pharmaceuticals job where I was making, you know, six figures a year already, and then all of a sudden my friends were like, "What are you making?" And <laughs> you, you're almost you get defensive, and like I said, you're you're getting desperate almost at that point. So it's a great point, Simon. Very good point. You know, well, one of the things when um, I looked at your bio, and even when we first hopped on the video, I liked your little pins and trophies, the cycling. So, and I always believe that success is about mindset, right? It's about uh, a champion's a champion. So what are some things, and I, and I just, I'm sharing this because some people will be like, well, I'm struggling for years. How can Gary become so successful? Well, Gary was a five-time state champion. So think of the mindset. This guy had a coach. He hired a coach at 40-something years of competing as 20-year-old. The mindset behind that to be successful. And so what are some things you learned from cycling that you carried over? to your business? Well, you know, and I actually spoke about this to a group in, uh, on our, in our company in Cancun back in February. I call it cultivating the champion's mindset. So it's the fact that you use those words without even knowing it, right? We didn't talk about this or rehearse it beforehand, but it's all about cultivating a champion's mindset. And, you know, I lost a friend two years ago. He was struck by a vehicle riding his car, uh, riding his bike, a uh, car hit him. And I lost a good friend of mine, an incredible competitor. And what I what, what Sean reminded me of, we call him Shiny Sean, is the word perseverance, right? When you look it up in the dictionary, when you really learn more about what the word means, the best way I can describe it is you're like a pit bull on a phone that's just not going to let go. You're just not going to let go. And in cycling and racing, Everybody thinks it's physical. There is a physical component for sure, but so much more of it is your mental strength and fortitude. And I, I liken it to this. You know, an animal that you back into a corner is going to do one of two things, right? If it's my dog, my dog's going to cower. My, my dog's the biggest wimp you've ever seen. Like it just, it, it, he's gonna, She's going to cower in the corner, tuck her tail under her legs, and just like that, right? Other animals, you back them in the corner, you better watch out. They're coming out. Fangs flaring, uh, claws flaring, right, coming right at you, right? Which one are you? And you can develop that. That can be developed. If you only knew a quarter of the things I went through prior to getting into this, I'd lost both parents to cancer. I've been married and divorced. I've been through three separate professions already. I'd already lived in multiple different places in the U.S. I mean, all the life stressors that people have been through, ups and downs and everything else, I've done it all. 
why not quit? Why not just quit? It'd be easier, right? Hmm. But that mindset you develop in cycling, that perseverance, Sean would never quit. Dude, I would try to shuck that guy in races. I'd be like, I got him. And then all of a sudden he'd come fly by and he was smiling and he's laughing. And that right there, like I was defeated at that point. I'm like, ah, and it kept me fighting and fighting. So now I carry that on, right? I've, I've done that in my racing. I've done that in my, in my in this business. So that's the advice I would give you is develop that mindset of perseverance. It's discipline. It's commitment. It's words like that. Don't just say the word. Think about what that means. Do you show up every single day? Everybody's always looking for this amazing person. If you were to look in the mirror, are you that amazing person? Would you recruit yourself? If the answer is no, you got work to do. Hmm. Good that mindset of yours. Yes. Would you recruit yourself? That's a good question to answer. And, you know, um, it can be developed because – I always relate well to athletes, right? So one of the things I do, that one of the best things, uh, two things that my mentor taught me, number one was in the morning when I wake up, I hang on a pull-up bar, right? I've mentioned this on the show where it's, I'm not doing pull-ups. I just hang on the bar for two minutes. Well, you could try that. The first time you do it, you probably do it for 20, 30 seconds. It hurts the heck out of your hands. I got calluses on my hands. I've learned to get to two minutes, but now I've gone to as high as 320, 318. But the, the point is not to get stronger. It's to n- develop the habit that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to do something I don't like to do. That's painful. Right. And, and like you said, yeah. cycling. I can't even imagine cycling. It's like running. It's like I never recycled really competitively, but I ran in races. The mind always quits way before the body quits. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And it's like what you do after you – it's not what you do when things are good that matters. It's what you do after you wanted to quit that determines whether you're a champion or not. Right. And you know, a, a lesson that I learned early on, and, and I learned this from one of my bosses in the pharmaceutical world, one of my managers, Mike. Mike said, it's not what you do when people are watching. It's what you do when they're not watching. That's a good one. Yep. So that's that discipline. I'm not watching you hang on that pull-up bar every day. I'm, I've never seen you do it. But it doesn't matter. In your mind, what matters is what you do. You made a commitment to yourself that you're going to do it every day. I hate push-ups. I made a commitment to myself. I do them every single day in the month of September, and I didn't miss a day. I didn't post about it on Facebook. I didn't do some challenge. I didn't call out people. I did it for me to prove to myself that I could do the thing that I hate to do, which is push up. I can't stand them. I did thirty a day for thirty days. Yeah, I think. I, did them. Yeah, I think that's one day I missed them, but I did sixty the next day. That's because I rode my bike one hundred and three miles that day over the hills in Georgia. So I think that counts to do it the next day. Only 103 miles, that's it? <laughs> yeah, it was only 11,000 feet of climbing, too. Just a little <laughs> that's awesome. through the hills. You, you know, you brought up a good point. Like, so I think a lot of times people do these challenges, but they don't. Once the challenge is over, they regress because they lose the focus. They do the challenge because of the challenge. But like you, they need to do it like what you said for the person they become. Right? Yeah. That's what matters. Who cares about the challenge is for the person you become. So getting back to the pull-up bar, I do it because it trains me to do something I don't want to do. And I know that no matter what happens, I conquer the day. Because right? right. we are our biggest enemy. No matter what happens, hey, I did something I didn't want to do. So if all the stuff coming on the day, instead of complaining about it, wimping out, hey, I, if I could do the bar, I can do this. You know, and the, the second thing, my uh, one of my best business advice, someone told me, this, what's the best business advice? He said, take a coach hour. And this was like six, seven years ago. And ever since then, I've taken only me 10 warm showers. 
And because wow. no, no, in the in the summer in the California, it's just like Florida, it's easy. But in the winter, especially when I went to my wife's from Vancouver, we went to Vancouver. It was you know my scalp was like like frostbite. It was getting numb. But I knew. But by the way, it's not the health benefits afterwards. You feel great. But it's like knowing that I conquered myself. And the, yeah. the shower is like if you ever want to save water, it's only ninety seconds. Your shampoo, you're in and out. There. But you know you conquer yourself and you're like, hey, if I could do this. I could do that, right? So all these things in my mission. You can do that. You can do anything. Exactly. Like you know, so, I'm sharing this, and Gary, you're sharing about your push-up challenge, your cycling, all that. It's to develop the, you know, like Gary said, is something you can develop. It's not you're born with it. I was definitely not born disciplined, right. you know. And by the way, I always joke. I say that in college, I was not disciplined. The only thing I was disciplined was playing John Madden football to 5 a.m. in the morning. I never went to class. I was like, I don't want to say it too loud because I don't want my kids to hear that. But but this developed is something you develop. Right, so it's what yeah. you're cycling and stuff. So tell me more about this champion mindset. What is your routine? What are some r- routines you have? So I ride my bike five days a week. It's it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. It's pretty much like clockwork. I'm very religious about it. I have uh, goals like that I want to do around 200 miles a week in riding. You know that wasn't possible when I was working full time. It was it was it was possible. It was difficult. Like you had to choose between that and your family at times. Now. Cool thing is I can ride when my son's at school, my wife's at work, and then that way we can spend time together. So that's another reason. So I had internal reasons for doing this. And the other thing, the other drive where it really came from, Simon, if, if we're going to get raw and I, and you know, it's not going to be like this Roy Firestone thing where you're going to make me cry or anything. But when I lost my mom and dad to cancer, there's a dude that started winning big bike races. His name was Lance Armstrong and he beat cancer. And I fell in love with cycling right around the same time. And it was my outlet. It was my release. And it got me away from other behaviors that were self-defeating, namely alcohol. Like I was numbing myself every single day and, and I wasn't going in a good place. And so quite frankly, it was easy to develop a mindset because I have that addictive mindset anyway and just get addicted to something that's good for me instead of bad for me. Something that's going to develop me instead of instead of uh, tear me back down again. So I hope that makes sense to the people that are watching. That's part of the adversity that I was talking about overcoming. I didn't get in corner and cower. I came out fighting. I was ready to go at that point. And I hope that makes sense. So that helped to develop the mindset because I needed to be focused on something. And when I was riding and when I was racing, when it got hard, right, when it really got hard, I thought to myself, you know, it's painful right now. But when I stop, I'll be sore a little bit after the ride or the race, maybe even a day or two. But the pain will go away. You can't get away from the pain of cancer. Hmm. So if you're going through something difficult in your life or somebody in your family is going through something difficult in your life, maybe you're going through some of the deepest, darkest anxiety and depression you've ever had whatever it is that you're going through physical or mental pain realize if you can get yourself focused on something else that pain will subside you'll get your mind focused on something else and in my case i looked at what was going on with my parents i'm like hey i can endure this for a few hours i ended up becoming a 24 i raced my bike for 24 hours one time Simon, and i came in seventh in the world out of everybody in 24-hour mountain bike racing, you ride your bike 24 hours straight. People ask me how they do it. I'm like, all I could think of all night long were my parents. In the middle of the night, I found like I saw them on the trail. And so I've trained this thing to just go, okay, this too shall pass. You can overcome it. It'll hurt for a little bit, 
But like, um, what is it? it it's the uh, the regret can last a lifetime, right? Yeah, the pain, uh, pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Thank you. Thank you. By Jim Rome, yeah. Yeah. That was so good. You know, very inspiring. Uh, you know, uh, I used to listen to a lot of Wu-Tang Clan when I was young. Yeah. And, and just talking to you brings my memories when I used to run 5Ks. And I would be hurting. My lungs feel like about to explode towards the last like, half mile. But I always, there was a, there was a lyric in the song that says, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. Yeah. Right? I just think, you keep going. You have the thrill of victory. You can talk about how a great time. Or the agony of defeat that, hey, you, you lost. You, you scrubbed out. You went out. And that used to always yeah. push me, like, give me another 20 more seconds of running. I know I'm about to pass out. And then I'll be like, I did it. And then another you know, 50 steps, and they'll get me going. So I love that you said 24 hours of cycling. That is incredible. That is actually really, really inspiring. Yeah, some people think I'm just nuts, but whatever. <laughs> I think that's why we get along, because I'm nuts. Like, you know, you're addicted to something, right? Like, you're addicted, you have an addictive mindset. And I think a lot of people, you need to be, have an addictive mindset to network marketing. You need to go all yeah. out. Like, you can't treat it like, we talk about treating like a business, being all in, not like, oh, let me treat like a hobby, doing a little bit, doing like that. That doesn't work. It doesn't matter with cycling, running, basketball, or network marketing, it doesn't work. You got to go all in. Dude, just when you said that, Simon, I, all I could think of is like my mentor, again, Brandon, he said, if you want to be balling, you got to be all in. Hmm. Think about that. If you want to be balling, you got to be all in. And if you spell it out, hey, you see what I'm talking about. I like that. I love that. That is so cool. So, so cool. Hey, talk real quick about consistency. How is important is consistency to success? So what consistency looks like for me, right, is um, building your li- – you know, doing the, the – act- the, not the activities of daily living. That's my physical therapist brain. The DMOs, the daily method of operation, right? What are the things that you can do every day – that they become habit. Not saying they're brainless to the point where you're not putting the effort into them. Like if it's have a conversation with somebody, you're just having a conversation to check a box. But where it becomes second nature to wish somebody a happy birthday every single day. Every day of the year, I'm wishing people happy birthday by looking it up on social media, seeing whose birthday it is, and starting a conversation with them. And asking a question of them so that it's not just, hey, happy birthday, and they go, thanks. But a lot of times I'm like, what are your big plans over the next year? You know how many people have none? Hmm. Like right now, I understand. People are like, I just want to survive another year. Okay, we're in a weird place right now and stay healthy and survive another year. Those are pretty two really good goals right now in the world we're living in. However, on a normal basis, like give me some more meat. Like do you do you want to get a promotion this year? Are you looking to travel with your family? Are you looking to expand your family? Are you getting married? Are you getting divorced? Are you going to have kids? What's going on? Like. So have those conversations with people every day. I think that consistency in that discipline, I don't think I know, it starts with having a daily method of operation, a daily plan. So you take your big goal. I want to hit the next rank in my company this year. I want to make X amount of dollars in my company this year. Break that down into a monthly goal. What does that look like that needs to happen each month? Break that down even further. Each week, what needs to happen? And then break that down into a daily what can you do every day that'll help you achieve that weekly, monthly, and yearly goal? And then go do those behaviors. And the last thing I'll say about that, Simon, is so many people, they have a DMO, but their DMO is kind of trash. It's doing stuff that doesn't make money. 
yeah, but I, I reached out to my four, four distributors that I have on my team. I reach out to them every day. I ask them, Hey, what are you doing? Have you talked to anybody? What have you done today? Right. That quote management mode, or maybe they're going on. So I was on, man, I was on social media. I was on Facebook for like 90 minutes. I was scrolling through the groups and this and that, but that's not intentional. Like John Maxwell says, with the law of intention, you've got to be intentional about what you're doing. It's one of the books right up there behind my head. You've got to be intentional about what you're doing. And like another one of my mentors, Rob Sperry, says all the time, he says, you need to do the IPAs, the income producing activities. And there's only a handful of them. And really, at the end of the day, it's about talking to people. You got to get out and talk to people. You got to have conversations. And along the way, find out what their pain points are, their pains, wants, needs, and desires, and ask, do the ask, the invite, whatever your company calls it, go do the ask. What's the worst thing that can happen? They can say no. Like, like I was taught, when a waitress comes around and says, do you want more coffee? You put your hand over the cup and you say, no, thank you. She doesn't cry. She doesn't dump the rest of the pot out. She doesn't splash it all over you and get all ticked off and quit her job. She goes, okay, would you like me to bring the check? She probably asked another question, right? Yeah. That's how we got to be. Like there's a line of people waiting, not like that one person. You're going to keep beating them over the head and you're not going to go talk to anybody else. Like, so it's that consistency in a daily method of operation and that daily method of operation has to contain income producing activities, not just getting on meetings or reading personal development all day. Personal development, obviously I've quoted how many different people already. It's crucial guys. But like do 15 to 30 minutes. If you're in a really good book, do an hour. If you're full-time like I am, I can spend an hour doing that because I can still spend another eight hours reaching out to people the rest of the day. That's awesome. I love that, uh, how you said everyone has a DMO. It could be the wrong DMO. <laughs> Someone's DMO could be watching TV five hours a day. That would be a really Correct. bad DMO. Right? We all have some type of DMO, whether it's going to make you money happening. or lose you really, money. DMO, at the end of the day, the word is just, your daily method of operation. Like, what do you do daily? Like, you're going to go to the bathroom, you're going to brush your teeth, you're going to eat, you're going to sleep. Those are givens. Hopefully you do all those things. Okay, yeah. brush your teeth. I don't have to worry about my hair. Mine's quick, dude. It's easy. <laughs> my beard. <laughs> hey, MLM Nation. Do you ever struggle with consistency or worried about what, are you saying the wrong thing? What to say back to your prospects? Well, now you don't have to worry. Go check out our BYOB. This is when I'm, you and I, we go together on Zoom and I'll guide you word for word on what to say. And I guarantee you can get at least one interested prospect for your business, service, or products by the end of the session. It's a ton of fun. Go check it out at mlnation.com forward slash BYOB. Yeah, you've been awesome. You don't, hey, thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but we got to go towards the end of the show. Some quick questions to pick your brain. Okay, and these yes. can be, well, one-liners. So the yes. first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole world changes instantly. Tony Robbins. I love that. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Uh, I have to go back to what we were talking about before, uh, Simon. Perseverance, that discipline and consistency in my daily method of operation. Just beast mode. What's the best advice you ever received? A mentor of my friend said that you cannot make excuses and money at the same time. <laughs> I love that Think one. Think about that one. 
What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say someone's a qualified prospect, do you send them a, a sample? Do you do a quick Zoom? You send a video? What do you like to use? Um, you know, quite frankly, we're blessed with our company and I'm, I'm not going to give away any company names or anything, but we had uh, ABC primetime do an investigative news report on our company and product and it didn't come out. It was supposed to be an expose and it came out looking like a commercial. So I send that to everybody. It's so simple. Um, and it already carries that third party validation with it because it's, it's John Quinones. It's somebody that people know. So at the end of the day, it's, um, it's a simple tool. I send it out to everybody. Do you have a favorite online resource, like a Dropbox, Evernote, or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Yeah, I mean, you know what I really am digging is the Over app, O-V-E-R, for photos and creating, like, recognition templates and photos and, like, cool stories and everything else. There's so much you can do with it. Do the paid version. It's worth it. Oh, I love it. You know what? About a year ago, I had our No BS event at... Australia, someone that I coach, Kira Westwick, she's a seven-figure earner. She recommended to me, and I've been yeah. using it every day. It's really awesome. And then whatever you're paying, like annual subscription, 50 bucks a year, whatever, so, so worth it. Yeah. It's actually, I use you, it like go-to app. return that in tenfold in a month. For easily, you. easily. Easy. Yes, easily. Yeah. What's two or three books that you recommend? Good, because I thought uh, you were going to ask me what one would be, and I'm like, I can't just do one. So let me give you, um, let me give you three. Is that cool? Sure. Think and Grow Rich. It's timeless, guys. Think and Grow Rich uh, is Napoleon Hill. It, it is literally a timeless legend. And don't just read it once; reread it over and over. And, like once a year, once a year, it's worth it. Number two, GoPro by Eric Worre. It's like a Bible for the skills that we need in our business. And number three is a hybrid answer, the game of networking, and even better, the game of conquering. Both of those are by Rob Sperry. Teaches you how to network better, and the game of conquering helps you to overcome the fears. Because guys, we all have them. Somebody tells you they didn't have fear doing this business, they're lying to you. They're lying. So I'd say Think and Grow Rich, GoPro, and the game of networking and the game of conquering, which are both uh, like a sequel to one another. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, Gary, imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So didn't know your son, didn't know your wife, didn't know your contact list was zero. Mm. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch? First thing I would do, most crucial thing to do is build a list. And in the world we're living in today, guys, social media. Be For me, it'd be Facebook first, Instagram second. Doesn't mean that Instagram couldn't be better than Facebook. It just means for me personally, I'm old, right? I'm 48. So I'm a more like a Facebook kind of guy. Uh, but I would use social media. I would look for, I would, I would do a brand. So I would brand myself. What are the five things that people need to know about me? And then that will attract others that are like me. And I would friend them and start developing conversations and build relationships and build my list. And you can do, if you're, if I was brand new and I knew nobody and I didn't have all the other follow-ups that I got to do and, and work with my team and all the other things, right? Speaking engagements and everything else. Simon, if, that, if I had none of that, you could be friending 15, 20, 30 people a day. Easy. On a part-time basis. 
easy. It's fast. Yes, it absolutely. It's fast on social media. So that's where I would go. Where would you find these 15, 20 people? Just curious. What, you go to cycling groups or you, what would you do? Um, not only in groups, it would be, you'd be attracting them too. So it'd be dependent on the content that you're putting out. I would focus on, like my five areas are, are kind of the ones that I had sent to you. I'm an, I'm an adventurer, right? I'm a family guy first and foremost. I'm an adventure seeker. I love to travel. I love athletics like cycling and surfing and things along those lines. And I'm a financial guru as well as a health and fitness guru. So those are the topics that you see me post about pretty much all the time. I stay out of the things that I'm not as passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about politics or religion or any of these other things, and they can be polarizing, and polarizing can be good or bad. But I'm looking to attract other folks that are like me, that are financial mindseted, right? That, that understand how powerful a leveraged residual income can be. They don't understand that, if they'll allow me to educate them, then they're the kind of people. Maybe they don't want to know more about it. Great. It's helping me sift and sort very quickly. So it's looking at groups to start groups that are in your wheelhouse. Like you said, cycling. For me, it's also financial ones, entrepreneurial uh, groups, fitness groups. And then devising content that really gets that engagement from folks. And you know what I would I wouldn't be scared to go Facebook Live. I did it every day for like two months straight, and I need to do it again. It was awesome. Hey, thank you so much. As we wrap up, Gary, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect with you? You know, my last advice is, guys, um, you hear it said all the time, don't quit. You know, you can only fail this business by quitting. That's the only way you can fail because you're either you're – either learning or growing each each step of the way, right? You're not failing your way to success or any of those other quotes that you hear people talk about. You're learning. They're stepping stones. So just continue to learn and develop yourself. I went on a personal development journey that started with going to GoPro Recruiting Mastery, seeing this big, tall dude with big teeth named Anthony Robbins, and he was supposed to speak for an hour, and he spoke for like four and I'm like, I got to go see that dude. And I've been to like five of his seminars now. I've actually created his seminars and given back to what I grabbed so much from. And I'm on a personal development journey. Those books, I started with two. Two self-help books a year, 10 years ago. Self-help, that's what I call them. Now I have 150 personal development books there and another 100 on this thing that I'm talking to you on, in, on audio. So that's my advice to you is never stop learning and growing and don't quit. You can find me at www.garystern2.com. My name, Gary Stern, and then the number two.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I don't do any of the other stuff. I'm, I'm old. Hey, ML, uh, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Gary Stern. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com. Click on the podcast tab and the show notes. All the nuggets of wisdom that Gary shared will be right there, including the contact info. You can reach out to him, connect with him. Hey, in order to be successful in network marketing and also in life, you must help others. So Gary, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Gary. God bless you. Cheers. Thank you so much, Simon. God bless. Before we go to the end of the show, just want to remind you, hey, we need motivation like the way we need oxygen. Like my late 
mentor Zig Ziglar used to say, we need to constantly need some motivation to keep us going. And that's why I created my daily pep talk to help you out. Free for everyone, six days a week. Just head over to my Instagram or my Facebook page and you will see it. I'm here to fire you up and I'm going to give you short little nuggets to help you stay consistent and do what you need to do. So go check it out and I look forward to pumping you up on my daily pep talk. Hey, ML Nation, a great show with Gary Stern, Simon Chan here. Quick recap and review, a lot of good stuff. I feel like this guy is so much like me. That is how you develop the mindset to be successful. You know, a lot of things here, um, and I think there's a lot of lessons here. Like so Gary was a professional, a lot of misconceptions about network marketing said no, no, no. But it's about opening someone's mind. And also it's about timing, right? Someone can say no today doesn't mean there's no Never. You gotta be patient. It's gotta be the right time. And for Gary, you know, I always talk about there's never a bad prospect, just the wrong time. Every prospect will eventually join, buy, or become, uh, or give you a referral. And for um, Gary, it's just the right timing, right? And even when he got started, he wouldn't do it until he went to an event. And that's why two things. Event, event, event is so important. I think every, almost 90% of the top leaders on ML Nation always talk about what was the turning point was an event. And also he did a three-way call with a top leader, Brandon, which got him to see from a different perspective, right? So his upline, the sponsor, had to give exposure, right? Uh, edification, third-party edification, hearing it from someone else. Also talk about taprooting, going deep, uh, building among your downlines. A lot of times people will join. Uh, you'll get in a management mode, right? You talk about the mistakes. You know, get in a management mode. A lot of people that you bring in, they may not do much, but they'll lead you to doing something. So those three leaders, two of them left, but they board in leaders there that actually help them build a business. Uh, Gary talked about the chicken list, telling you, ML Nation, you have to reach out to the chicken list. It's the people who are smarter, more influential than you. That's going to take you to... Hey, to the promised land, right? It's not the people like, oh, you know what? You want to help them. They need the business, but they don't do much. It's the ones who are successful. He gave a great script, the indirect approach, how to approach them. Definitely go back and listen to this again. You definitely want to listen to talking about that, how to reach those people of influence uh, and having having that position of influence as well, right? Very, very important. Talk about the, one of the worst mistakes. I talk about three biggest mistakes, quitting way too early, getting into management mode, and also going full-time too early. And Gary talked about that. You know, when you go full-time too early, you know, you become desperate, you become needy. And and the story is not as good. You know, his friends that he was making six figures, now all of a sudden he's making much less, right? It, it, you don't feel good about yourself. You become desperate. It's a big, big mistake. And I think the most of what I loved about this is talking about the champion mindset, the perseverance, was what you do when you after you wanted to quit that matters. And great question, would you recruit yourself? If no one's watching, or your downlines or your prospects are watching, would they join you? And would you recruit yourself? This is a good question to uh, ask. And, you know, Gary spent a lot of time about uh, consistency. I love his DMO. Like, everyone's, that was a good aha moment for me. Everyone has a DMO. We, you know, if you don't have a DMO, I'm sure your team does. If you don't have one, you can go to mlnation.com. There's a DMO cheat sheet I can download that I highly recommend if you don't have one. But everyone has a DMO. It may, it just may be a losing DMO that doesn't make you money. So, you know, while DMO is a three, five, 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 three system, or just stick to your team leaders, have that DMO. If you want, you can go to our website. There's a free DMO cheat sheet for you. And, um, yeah, awesome show. You can make money or make excuses. You can make both. Pain of discipline or pain of regret. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. You just got to keep going. 
and the mindset. Well, you know, I share with you about being a hang on the pull-up bar or the coach hour. It's something that you can develop daily, right? If you, even if you're not consistent, even you, if you tend to haven't been a champion mindset, you do something uncomfortable every day. You get better and better and better and better at it, and uh, and that's really how you continue to develop yourself. Anyway, awesome show. If you like this, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. Appreciate it. And thanks again to Gary. You can go head over to, to mlnation.com, reach out to him, click on the show notes page. And uh, thank you for listening. Hey, I'm Simon Chan. I'm loud and proud to be part of this amazing profession. And now it's over to you. Remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.